This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast, now in our fifth season, talking about the exciting happenings of Ipsy Stanford. I laugh every time I do this intro now. <laughs> I think maybe for next season we need to change things. Um, I think it's the words exciting, exciting happenings. Yeah, so. happenings uh, as well. Happenings, no happenings. Um, this is our end of season review, part three, um, the good bit where it... Um, yeah, it's a bit of a roller coaster the last bit. Um, and joining me to talk it through, Northwest correspondent Seb Brown and naked footy stalwart, the king of the pods, the OG when it comes to Ipswich Town podcasting, Graham Blackburn. The old git, yeah. Well, your words, <laughs> not mine, the OG. Um, Seb, how are you? How's lockdown treating you in Wales? A little bit more severe than down here, isn't it? It is, yeah. It's a little bit different up here. We're still about two weeks behind England, so no shops opening for us yet. I think I think it's mid July they can open, um, but we're we're still trying to follow the rules as as best we can. Good for you. We'll try not to get too political in this podcast. I think we need a little bit of <laughs> space from how crazy the world is. Graham, great to have you back on the Blue Monday Pod. You used to be um, a routine feature for you to do our end of season shows, so. This is all familiar for you, but um, the first time when we've been so crap. <laughs> I missed the beginning because I was laughing about something. So what, say that again, please. Uh, well, you're, you're a stalwart of the Blue Monday end of season shows, aren't you? You and Ben, oh, right. yeah, uh, Dave. Yeah, when we, yeah. But Blue been... Monday's become big now, hasn't it? There's loads of you now, isn't there? There's too many, together. too many. Maybe we need to do a little bit of a release of the squads. At the end of the season, eh? Um, but how does lock, how's lockdown treating you? The Clippers appear to have arrived from Amazon Prime. They, yeah, they took ages. Well, this is actually about three weeks' growth now. Okay. So, uh, would you believe? But I saw um, Phil Pritchard. I don't know if you know him in town. He's just just literally just gone through it. So, I think uh, that's the way forward, isn't it's it? A lockdown right passage. Yeah, exactly right. We're in our business, but it's so easy just. <laughs> Shave it off. Yeah, exactly right, and it's and it's a bit safer for the four zero as well. We are we are all having a bit of a drink. Yeah, end of season spirits are in the sky and all that stuff. Um, 
because um as always and ben's quite good to caveat this whenever we do these we always do the end of season pod good bad or indifferent and this season it's just and it's not terrible or bad it's just incompetent but you know there are peaks and troughs in our little segment in in part three so um the guys will give us their views as and when we go through we've got some key moments i'll get your ratings for the players at the end of the season as well um and we'll have a bit of a we'll have a natter shall we a bit of a drink a bit of a natter and try to make sense of the craziness that unfolded let me um start by taking you back to where we were seb and i had just driven back on the new bit of the a14 having seen ipswich get torn apart by lincoln 5-3 if you can recall yeah, um, that was, a... That was a, a bit of a shocker um town ended 2019 fourth having been top of the league for the majority of september and october and in mikey's segment it has all gone wrong rotation galore international breaks um all, all sorts of shenanigans and um we're starting to look a little bit hopeless to Tranmere, um sorry lincoln Tranmere in a minute um warnock is linked um at this point guys i don't know if you recall that um apparently that came up on Talksport. um but 1st of january new year delight marcus evans announces just before kickoff to wickham that paul lambert will be given a four-year contract extension which extends his contract to the club till the summer of 2025. Um, I can give you some quotes if you'd like. Um, Football management is a precarious business, and I've stated many times the importance of having a long-term vision, which is executed by a management team who are confident that they will be given time to continually improve the performance and the quality of the squad. Um, That sounds like management speak, and I know you hate that. Graham, what was your take on on this contract extension oh, for Lambert? To be honest, I think he's he's right in one way because they're so it's so easy nowadays. They just sack managers for the give him a couple of days. He's lost a couple of games and just get rid and then bring a new one in, which strangely enough seems to have worked for that lot up the road, doesn't it? But um, but you go to, back to the days of um, obviously Robson, of course, and then he started quite badly with Tan and. Uh, he was trying to get his own, you know, obviously the kids, he had to depend a lot on the kids, but he was trying to do things his own way and he couldn't afford to buy players and the fans were starting to turn. Um, so there is a lot to be said for trying to give a manager time. Having said that, doesn't necessarily apply to Paul Lambert and especially the, the modern game is completely different, isn't it? Yeah, I was going to say, is it kind of an old an old philosophy to have this manager in place and give him a stupid amount of time? Mm. I, I, I mean, nowadays... You know, they won't even give someone a year, and I think that's ridiculous. You know, you've got to give someone a minimum of, like, two years, I'd have said. Yeah. Well, so, um, Seb, um, Lambert's contract had 18 months to run when he signed his extension. Um, would Were you an advocate for letting the season play out and making decisions like that then? Because this is this has come up constantly since January the 1st, hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at the stage he signs the contract, we've not won, I think, for, for nine, ten games, maybe in all competitions. So I think we were all completely in shock. There's no need to extend it. Wait the 18 months, see how the season goes, because presumably if we fail to go up or if we drop outside the playoffs, Evans is going to be looking to make a change anyway. So it, it just seemed absolutely bizarre to reward, you know, ten games of chopping and changing and poor results and losing our 
our gap at the top of the table. If, if he signs this in start of October, maybe late September, we're top of the league. It would make a lot more sense. You know, you, you think yourself he's going to build a, a pattern of play and we're really going to really going to start to do something here. But to award it on the basis of not winning for nine, ten games, it was it was absolutely bizarre. It had been in the works for a while, but yeah, um, I think yeah. no one really. I can't remember anyone being a strong advocate or supporter of this decision and. Um, we'll see how this plays out over the next year or so. Um, crazy times in 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 normal life, but in football things, as Graham has said, is there's always snap decisions, and you kind of think, well, has COVID maybe saved Lambert his job for the foreseeable? Yeah, but I think what you really need to do is find someone who knows the players, and knows one of the players or one or two of the players as a mate, and find out what the players feel. Because for all we know, they might think he's brilliant. I'm yeah. pretty sure they don't. Or I'm, Worried that they don't, but yeah. that's that's how you can judge, isn't it? You know, yeah. performances, yeah. Don't, don't that thing and then played abysmally, even though it was quite an exciting game for the neutral. They played abysmally at uh, Lincoln, didn't they? Mm. Just after the announcement, so it obviously didn't bounce into the players that that well, did it? You know no, I mean? well, the, the, and there's a there's a, a moderate reaction, isn't there, at Wickham? A, t- a tough fixture, though. Wickham's form yeah, been a little bit patchy. Um, yeah. Uh, my recollections of Wickham away. I mean, we need to mention this. I don't. I don't think any of us were partakers of this establishment. But um, a pre-match bar um, got famous in the press for having pre-match um, lap dances. Um, I'm assuming oh, Graham, you didn't partake. I, I couldn't, even if I wanted to, but I don't. But um, the traffic in Wickham was appalling. So I. Um, this is the first kickoff that I've missed in forever because I couldn't park my car. Wickham, absolute disgrace. So um, I won't be going back there in a hurry. Um, but um, team news, um, Norris kept his place in the team despite the pretty terrible goal that he conceded against Tyler Walker. Um, it's the first time that we revert back to the three at the back. Um, and this Will, Wilson, Chambers, Wolfenden back three kind of um, is is a starting three for a while, actually. It brings quite a lot of solidity. Um, Hughes comes in for Dizelle. Um, and guys, it's it's not a bad performance, um, but the headline will be the keeper again, Graham. Another interesting. Yeah. I'm glad you said instead of me. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, Rich. Um, I thought it was one of our better performances actually away. I think we should have won that game reasonably comfortably. We had most of the possession, couldn't finish again. But uh, as you say, mad rush of blood to, with Norris, and he rushes out and. I mean, that, that, was a, that was a weird one for me the thing with Norris um, he kept continually playing Norris even though he kept making mistakes now first a lot of us thought well maybe there's something in the contract that he's got to play a certain amount of games yeah. but I can't see that I don't and especially when he's got his own keeper who's actually signed a full time contract with the town so didn't understand that at all and then eventually he dropped and then after one game he was back in again wasn't he yeah I mean Strange one, though. Yeah, and well, Holly's back in for the Exeter game, which we'll touch on very briefly because that's depressing enough. But Seb, what general thoughts on? I don't know whether the other guys have dealt with this, but signing two first choice keepers um, is that a bit of a luxury in League One? Yeah, I don't think it was needed. I mean, obviously, I, I don't know the financial details, but if we were paying or covering Norris's wages of maybe five, six grand a week, that, that's money that could have been put to much, much better use elsewhere. We had the uh, Harry Wright, obviously, I know he picked up an injury. Uh, if, if he hadn't been injured, I'm sure he could have sat on the bench. And the young chap, uh, Prisbeck, who saved, yeah, saved the penalties in the, um, in the EFL trophy mm-hmm. at Peterborough. 
I can't understand why he couldn't sit on the bench and maybe maybe play the odd the odd cup game. Two two senior keepers at this level to me seems seems very strange. You you mentioned the kids in the leasing.com trophy. Let's deal with with this game on the fourth of January against Exeter. Um, I mean, this is a stranger one, guys, because in the EFL trophy, which we'd not given a crap about, to be honest, and had managed to get our way to the last 16 by playing the kids who'd done well at Peterborough, um, albeit one on, on penalties. There's a rotation here where more first-teamers are brought back in. Um, we have a break because Fleetwood... Well, we were supposed to be playing Fleetwood that day, but they got into the next round. Of, they, got, they got into the third round of the cup, didn't they? Um, yeah. But this rotation, again... Um, causes us all kinds of confusion, and and Graham, where it's Lee Martin, the old, uh, you know, the guy who couldn't score for fun, for, couldn't score for toffee for us, and he's he's now making a habit of pissing us off playing for Exeter, isn't he? And but what was your thought on the leasing dot com trophy? This is a chance to go to Wembley, isn't it? Well, you see, yeah, but again, I'm old school, and uh, I remember how you know it was very apt given the new strip, which we we'll probably talk about in a bit, um, and the UEFA Cup victory. How, that, how disappointed I was that we didn't actually win the league. We should have won the league that year, which would have then gone into the Champions League, which is more European Cup as it was, and then Villa actually did it and then won it. So just always thought we should have won it. I'm not bitter. but mm-hmm. <laughs> What's your take um, on the kit, just quickly? Uh, I like it, actually. I'm not... The badge thing, I'm not sure. I mean, I don't never did like the badge particularly anyway. I know it's got all the symbolism, but uh, I, I quite like the whole... Yeah, I like the shirt. I do. I don't. And, you know, I know it's the throwback, but it's good, plain, and blue and white all the way through, isn't it? Which is yeah. lovely. So it's, so it's it's a nice, yeah. And it's actually almost like I can imagine quite a lot of people will buy it because it's almost like a souvenir shirt as well, isn't it? With the yeah. victory on there. I think that's the only reason I would. I I'm going to buy it. I'm I'm not fussed. Um, Seb, Leeson dot com trophy. Um, as I said, was a real good chance against Wembley, and. Um, through rotation and laps defencing it's NCR who makes the mistake to concede the free kick that Martin scores from um, was this was this an opportunity to give our season a bit of a I'm trying to think of the, the analogy it's like a cherry on top of the steaming turd that was our league campaign yeah I think so we've all seen that stat where we're one of is it 9, 10, 11 teams that have never never appeared at the, at the new Wembley. So I think it was a great chance to, to progress. The, the only highlight I seem to remember was I think Bishop made his comeback from injury in that game. And I think he played really well. So I guess from that point, the rotation kind of makes sense. But at this stage, NCR, God love him, he's made a fair few cock-ups during the, the league games in the run-up to this. We, we were at Portsmouth where he made a mistake. He makes another one here. I, I can't help but feel we've, we've kind of messed this one up a little bit and we, we might look back in a couple of years and think that was a really good chance to, to get to Wembley and maybe, I know it's an, the, the EFL trophy, but it's it's still some form of silverware. Yeah, and there's a good chance it might not happen next season yeah. as well. Um, let's let's move on from this one because, yeah, another disappointment. Um, but Accrington here, this is this is a big performance. One of the, the kind of... It's, it's a weird season punctuated by these really big, massive, resounding victories, which is... Really strange, but it's another team that are down in the bottom half of the table. Um, I think they'd been on a decent run, actually. Um, but kind of, it felt like a League One team with, who had the rabbit in the headlights moment, Graham, where they kind of turn up at Portman Road, big stadium and, and what have you. And we played the same team as Wickham and, and we bossed this game, didn't we? Yeah, absolutely. 4-1 win. Yeah, that's where, that's where everyone went home thinking, well, we're on a roll now. Now we can kick on and... Uh... 
start looking like a decent team again, as we did at the beginning of the season, but never happened, did it? And all the forward players score goals for Jackson, yeah. Norwood, Judge, Judge Keane. As well. yeah. I mean, after a really crap run, as Seb had mentioned, were you thinking, right, let's kick on now? Because I yeah, think exactly. that's what Lambert was saying, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, and and also, sorry, also just to jump in, this was the overlapping centre-backs game, wasn't it? Where we saw Chambers and Wolfenden both get assists. because they Yeah, were underlapping, the maybe. Yeah, yeah, I know it's not in the Sheffield United character. Marauding centre-backs. Yeah. yeah, but I think after this we thought, right, maybe now we'll see a, uh, this more regularly and see a bit of a pattern of play with this. But I don't really remember it ever happening again throughout the, the remainder of the games. No, that was, yeah, it's a good call, that one. And, yeah, I mean, the three-five-two does feature for quite a lot of these games, but you're right. Chambers, I think, I, re- I seem to remember Chambers being quite pivotal for one of the goals, I think. Doesn't he make a forward he run? He gets an assist. Yeah, I watched them back just before we came on came on here, and he gets an assist. He a nice little flick into the path of Judge, who, who slots home. And the other one is, the, I think it's the first goal, where Wolfenden um, comes inside Garber, and it's a, it's, a, it's a lovely ball across to, for I think it's Jackson who gets the goal. So it's a... It was definitely a, a part of the play that day, and I think we all got a bit excited, thinking maybe we'll see this now from now on because it was a, it was a good performance and a bit of a morale boost. The next game against Oxford's a bit of a, a weird one because <laughs> did you go to this one, Graham? Yes. Yeah, I mean the conditions for this were atrocious. Um, I drove down from from up here in Warwickshire and was seriously oh. contemplating doing a U-turn and driving back up the M40. Because I was being blown side by side, the rain kind of was. The rain stopped and then started just before kickoff, and then we had this whole: will it happen? Will it? Ha-? You know, will it start? Will it? And then it, we were taken off the pitch twice. I mean, this was a weird night. Have you experienced anything like this ever before? I think the last time was at the Memorial Ground when we were playing Bristol. Uh, is it Bristol Rovers? Isn't it? Um, that was a long while ago when there's sideways hail coming into your face like bullets. I remember that. That was one of the pretty bad ones. But no, Oxford, and when we were in outside as well, we were, didn't have a cover over our heads. But uh, whereas at least in Oxford we did. But it was quite atrocious, wasn't it? Mm. I mean, the rain was swirling around. It was coming actually into the stand as well, wasn't it? So because Oxford's only got three stands, which doesn't help. I know. I know. No, it was. Uh, Anyway, my, my niece managed to pull a guy with a Maserati who drove her home. I remember you saying that on the Naked Free <laughs> Show, yeah. I mean, you know, what kind of uncle are you to let her get in a stranger's car, eh? I, I did have to vet him. So, <laughs> you know, just that she was going to miss everything because of this weather. She was going to miss, she had to get a bus and then a train or vice versa and, and to get to the other side of London. So she was going to fail dismally. So we were trying to plan what to do to stop her getting back at five in the morning and then she was standing next to a guy who just said, oh, well, I live almost just near, near you, and, and he happened to have a Maserati as well. So. Well, at least you got home quickly, eh? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that was the only highlight of that day, apart from the fact we should have had a penalty at the end, shouldn't we? Yeah, there's a few iffy decisions there, and I think the referee kind of gives the benefit of the doubt. But um, the one thing I wanted to kind of mention was two things. The first is um, um, Tariq Fossu-Mensa and Shandon Baptiste are the left-hand side for Oxford, and they were standout players for them they are sold to Brentford a week later um, for I think pretty close to a million but not much more Um, and this kind of gives a bit of a wake-up call to League One you do not get big fees for your good players and just a bit of a worry maybe Seb for what may come with Downs and Wolfen and probably more likely Downs Um, the other thing a bit of rotation on the strikers which keeps happening Will Keane came in for for Caden Jackson there's more rotation on the strikers but yeah, any thoughts on those two points? 
Seb. The, with regards to the transfers, I mean, we've we've said in the past it'd be much better to sell. We're going to lose Downs. We're going to lose Wolfenden. Maybe not this summer because of the COVID scenario, but it would be so much better selling them in the championship from a relative position of strength rather than making the move for, I don't know, 700 grand each. And then next summer or a couple of years down the line, you know, they go for, for 5 million quid to the Premier League. Um, with, with regards to the strikers, I'm, I'm assuming at this point, Norwood was sort of maybe starting to be nursed through games a little bit. I know yeah. he subs here and there around sort of 60 minutes and stuff in a couple of games. The the next game, the Tranmere game, he doesn't start. So I'm assuming maybe that might be a uh, a result of his upcoming groin operation. They're trying to maybe, maybe trying to nurse him through to, to avoid the surgery. Yeah, and this Oxford um, result, Graham, continues this weird run of not being able to beat teams in the top half of the table. You know, we've we've gone from yeah. Accrington absolutely thrashing Accrington. What is it about the? Is it a mental thing at this point? Is it a tactical thing? Any any observations I, or thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I, I don't think it's a mental thing. I, I I doubt they look at the league and think, oh, they're in the top half, we'll probably lose. Oh, they're in the bottom half, we might win. I don't think it works like that, but I. I it, it is funny that we just couldn't beat anyone in pretty much in the top half or the top ten or nine. But yeah, I don't know. Don't know how you put your finger on it. The whole league, the whole season was like that, though, wasn't it? We started off well, then drifted, and then got a bit better, and then went downhill. And just weird. I think it just we... it does make me wonder. I mean, I, as I said at the beginning, I don't think we should be thinking of sacking managers every ten minutes. Having said that, there must be something that the players aren't. Gelling, and you you hit on it earlier, Rich, about uh, you know the fixture, the England games, and stopping games, and then um, the permanent rotation of players, and that can't help, can it? Mm. You know, it's often if you've got a run of injuries, and and you only have one team you can physically play, you often do better than having a whole squad of fit players and chopping and changing, and yeah. And this is what it's going to cost us as well, because you know the, the, we are kind of at the just at the point where the roller coaster is at the top of the crest of the hill or what I'm, my analogies are all over the shop guys i'm gonna blame the beer but we're at the top of the kind of ramp of the the roller coaster which is about to plummet down from first to tenth and i think it's there's two matches where the first is Tranmere, um and then the lincoln game where we go back to first i think we're fourth at the oxford game um and and it's defeats three in a row that are going to cost us. We'll come to these, but this this not being able to defeat teams around us, I think, is is something that really needs to be looked looked into. We've, we've kind of mentioned injuries of under Mick's era, where a root and branch kind of investigation was needed. But this kind of failure to turn up for these big key games, and these are the ones that get you in the auto spots, let alone the playoffs. So um, I think that's. But, but let's be honest. Sorry to jump in. Let's mm. be honest. This is this is nothing new. We 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 tend to bottle it in big games, don't we? Let's be honest. I mean, Graham will remember the good times where we did used to turn up, and you know it was phenomenal. But how many times over the years have we come to a big game where we can either get into the top two or get into the top six or a playoff game, and we just don't seem to turn up, do we? It's nothing new. So you're saying Ipswich Town of bottle jobs, Seb? <laughs> I mean, you're not. Uh, you wouldn't be wrong. I know, yeah, that, that is that is the fact. Um, the last I don't game know how you fix that, the, but that's, that, that is a fact. The last meaningful game that I think I can recall us winning, so the Newcastle game at the end of the season was a big game that we won. Um, Leeds at the end of last season, we were already down and it didn't matter. We, we, when we won a few games under Mick to stay yeah, up. Yeah, that playoff. 
Well, the, the playoffs. Well, the season, season, there were a few. There were some big games towards the end. Forest, a couple of games, till the end of the season, we had to win to, you know, try and try and get in the playoffs. But even the last day there, we lost on the last day yeah, to Blackburn, yeah. didn't we? So, That's my overriding thought. But um, mm. yeah, but I mean, even if you take that lot up the route, as they say. Uh, even though our record against them is particularly bad at the moment, um, but we still managed to get up for the game. Everyone's a bit more hyper, aren't they? And yeah. you know, so who knows? We're it a weird lot, aren't we? Just think, oh, we're in Division One. We can walk this, but yeah, maybe, maybe that was that complacency yeah. was there. Yeah, I, I do think. I don't know whether this is something that Ben mentioned. I think maybe at the start of the season on the pods that said we we maybe thought that because we're, we're the big fish. I think he certainly mentioned this in the first end of season pod um, that we were the big fish in, the, in a small pond. We could just turn up and roll teams over by force of will. You kind of think that October and November were so well. November and December were so bad. Surely we've been shaken up from that yeah, complacency, so. but maybe but it doesn't appear to be the case, does it? Do you think you that mindset so, was still they, there? Yeah, I mean, you would think. That would be the the alarm bells. Then, then come the new come the new year, we'd hit the ground running. But it, it didn't kick in. I guess there's a part of that. Does Lambert get a bit complacent? Maybe with a five year deal in his back pocket, uh, the players, if they're chopping and changing every week, maybe they're struggling to raise themselves to the big games. Uh, at the start of the season, we were all guilty. Like like Ben said, we thought, brilliant, we're Ipswich Town. We'll rock up. We won't play well. I mean, look at the Shrewsbury game in August. We we didn't play well. We won three nil. Uh, I think that was just becoming the, the the mindset, and as soon as one or two little things start to go wrong, unfortunately, we didn't have the the mental fortitude to claw it back. Let's let's go to Tranmere, um, a day at the beach, which is always nice, um, an absolute joke of a pitch. This um, were you there for this one, Graham? This was the one I wasn't there for. No, I did see it. Absolute shocking, and um, and as Seb has mentioned, the kind of. Um, James Norwood Derby, he's he's on the bench. Um, Will Keane is, or well, Caden Jackson comes in, having Keane come in. For, it's, this rotation of strikers is getting confusing. Um, mm. But this is um, this is, I guess, a good performance in that we come from behind to win. Um, but Tranmere, not a good team at that point, in really poor form. Um, we can see from a set piece goal just before in the first half. I think it is it's just before half time. I, Towering head yeah. from is it Monte I think or Monte yeah the man mountain we referred him to on the uh, on the pod and um, but um, Luke Garbett again um, with the assists um, for Downs and a lovely goal from Caden Jackson um, cue pitch invasions and and what have you for that one um, but a good win Seb nevertheless yeah, he's, just, he's just standing next to him bless him Hayden who's so we say he's rather enthusiastic he's him. enthusiastic yeah he's, yeah. <laughs> But, uh, I'm sure, well intended, but maybe not well thought. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, decent game that said. We had a good night out in Liverpool after that, and good pre-match with Mullet, and um, we met Slower Ball, and and um, all oh, was right. good with the world. It was good, yeah. I mean, like you said, the pitch made it a bit of a leveller, but it was a decent performance. Even at half time, losing one 0 we weren't overly concerned. We were we were comf- confident we'd come through in the second half, and we did. And Again, that's one of those moments where you're beating a side bottom of the league and you're really hoping this will now be a, a catalyst for, for, for a bit of a run of form. And the, and the rotation is gone. You know, we'd, we'd moaned and moaned and moaned about it and there is a few, the, the striker tweaks aside, these are consistent squad selections that he's making. Um, we go into Lincoln, a nice reunion with Lincoln a month on um, and are unchanged. Um, and again, Garber assists uh, Wolfenden. I think it's his first goal for the club. Um, and um, 
Graham, Rotherham lose to Peterborough and we are top of the league again. And, you know, sunlit uplands and, you know, only good things to happen. And, and yeah, what was your sense at 25th of January? Playoffs at least? Long while back for me now. Yeah, um, yeah well, of course, yeah. I think nearly all the way through until the big collapse at the end, we thought, well, playoffs are minimum, you know. Mm. But, no, it's just... I just don't know what happened, really. I really don't. I think, as I said, you need to find players that will tell you what's going on. Um, well, I think around this time, so Emma Hughes is, is obviously coming back from injury. I mean, he'd been nursed through December and I think a little bit of November. He's now played, I think, four games in a row. I think he's played um, Accrington, Oxford, Tradmere and Lincoln. Um, Rotherham, we'll talk about Rotherham and, and what that means in a second. But Hughes comes, it plays this one again, um, but picks up an injury. Um, big player for us, Emma Hughes, isn't he? Um, I like Emma Hughes, yeah. Absolutely. But these injuries are, are a bit of a worry, aren't they? Well, yeah, well, I mean, it's, he's had a really, really serious injury, hasn't he? And then he, once you've had serious injuries, and then even at our level, at pub level, you know, once you've had a fairly serious injury, then you come back and then you get another injury, then you get a, what they call compensation injury on the other leg because you're putting too much, you know. And um, that often happens, doesn't it? It doesn't. I don't go along with the fact that uh, every, you know these people are injury prone. I know there's a lot. You look at people like Bishop and Will Keane, and maybe maybe I'm completely wrong, but. I think once you get a run in the side and you are 100% fit, then you can stay fit for ages. But but I, I like anyway. I go going back to uh, Hughes. Yeah, I think he's a great player, and hopefully, Touchwood he can keep fit for next season because I think he's going to be really important. One of the and I guess a lot of us were getting a bit worried because of Hughes's injury record that he keeps playing. But are you an advocate for him staying in the first team because that's how you properly build the fitness? I think so. Yeah. I mean, Robson used to do it again. again because he didn't different. have a choice, though, Robson did he? Era, he didn't have a choice. And so he put a kid in, and even if the kid struggled, he'd put him in again next week. And then after about a month, that turned out to be Kieran Dyer or someone, you know. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd like Will. I like um, Emmy Hughes. I think he's a great player. He's, he's solid. He gets up and down the pitch. He can score your goals, pass with the ball. Um, yeah, I'd like to base it, you know, because. Excuse, he's coming to the end of his day. I mean, I know it's not quite his position, but uh, I think building a midfield around because he's quite an experienced player, isn't he? Whereas we've got these young people coming in like Dobra, and especially, and uh, still got at Lancaster and mm. and you know, Elmazuni and yeah, Elmazuni. Yep. There's some classy kids coming through, so I think to have someone like who's in the middle there would be a good thing. So. Yeah, no, good call. But this Rotherham game, Seb, is. It's huge, huge injuries aside, which um, it doesn't keep him out for too long. I think when he goes down, there's, there's you always have that worry, don't you? That yeah, this everybody panics and thinks we're um, not going to see him for the rest of the season. But thankfully, it was nowhere near that. I mean, the Rotherham game, we just we just didn't turn up, did we? Uh, they scored just was it set piece? It was a, was it a corner? I think it was a header. Sure it's, it's a corner. I think it's a corner. It's a Richard Wood head that kind of bounces underneath yeah. Norris, kind of thing, doesn't it? And everyone's all over the place. But they they hit the bar a couple of times as well, and we just we just didn't turn up. And then right at the death, Norwood somehow manages to defy physics and has that chance where it almost goes across the goal line and hits the post and stuff. We could have we could have scraped something totally undeserved, but we could have scraped something. But um, yeah. we just didn't get going that night. Yeah, it's Vassal has that absolute rocket that I think hits the bar from about thirty yards. But you know, Rotherham 
I think they're in their stride at that point, aren't they? Haven't, I think they yeah. had a decent run of form before that, and this is where they really start to to make moves. They go on a nice little run just before the uh, the, the, the season's abandoned. Yeah. I know they drop off a little bit at the end, but right now they're in their sort of their their rhythm. I, I think that was sorry. I think that was the best performance, the best team we've come up against, or the best game we've come up against, or the hardest game we've come up against. Um, rather away because we were absolutely battered, weren't we? To be honest, yeah. I mean, they they doubled us, didn't they? And yeah. I, I wasn't early in, when we played Coventry in December. I wasn't too impressed with with them, but Rotherham were the, the one team that I thought had our number. Like tactically, we were mm. totally outdone there. Lambert hadn't got a clue how to respond to that. Um, yeah. You know, there's yeah. I'm I'm trying to remember whether the Scoo's it's Nolan who comes on for Hughes, isn't it, when he's injured? But the midfield basically is just totally mm, bypassed. And, and we just kept launching it, didn't we, from the back? And the, the Rotherham centre halves, it was just meat and drink for them. They were just all game heading it clear. You know, it wasn't. We, did, we didn't put them under any real pressure, and all we did was was launch it. But but another one of these one nils. You know, we're not we're not being turned over. He says, knowing what fixtures that we've got to come up. <laughs> Keep um, the next game. But but yeah. but most cases where we where we're losing to teams around us, it's a one nil defeat, isn't it, guys? Well, what does that tell you? Like we're just not good enough, or teams only need one chance to to, to score it's... against us, and that's enough to win the game. Worryingly, I think it's the latter. Yeah, I mean, annoyingly, when we when we concede at this point of the season, if we concede a goal, we're worried about getting back into it in terms of you know scoring. It doesn't matter when the opposition score; some of our heads drop, and we think to ourselves, we're really going to struggle to to get back in this. And we, yeah, our chances. We we mentioned this throughout the season, you know, and I know there are critics of XG, but our XG is pretty poor, as in the quality of the chances that we're creating where you would expect to score. We just don't have those. I think Accrington and Burton are outliers because those are dominant games. But generally, in these types of fixture, we just don't present chances to create goals from. Um, let's let's just sum up the January transfer window. We're kind of that game against Rotherham is the twenty eighth of January. The January window slams shut, as the cliche goes, um, and they're scant business as we probably expected. Um, Josh Earl comes in on loan from Preston, but otherwise it's a load of outgoings as far as I can remember. Barr goes to Millwall permanently. Um, Jason, um, Roberts goes to Gillingham. NCR to Bolton. Drinnen to Air. El Mazzini to Cambridge. Um, Anthony Giorgio had already gone back to Spurs in December. Um, Seb, for a, a team that is seeking to get promotion and had gone through a promotion attempting season in 14 and 15 and not strengthened sufficiently. Um, was this a failure from Evans here not to give us more strength and depth or quality in important areas? Um, yes and no. I don't think you can really blame Evans for us not being competitive in, in, in League One. That said, I would have liked, you know, a, a, not a marquee signing, but I'd have liked something different up front. So some sort of target man, a bit of strength who can make the ball stick a little bit. Uh, that's what I would have liked. I wasn't asking them to go out and try and sign Ivan Tony, for example, but it just, uh, j- just something to give the people a bit, of a, a bit of a lift. And we look back and we've mentioned it for the last five years. In 2015, we're top of the championship. We don't do any business and look what happens. Mm. This point, you know, the, after the Lincoln game, we're top of League One and, and we don't do anything. We knew the squad was too big. We knew people had to go out, but I would have liked a, a striking addition to come in to, to help out front a little bit and maybe make the ball stick. 
and and that's a that's a prescient thought about the striker for what will happen in a few weeks' time. Yeah. Um, but Graham, um, Dave and I have, uh, have long. I remember Dave saying this at the end of last season um, that we probably needed a bit more physicality and a bit more nastiness about us. Would a bit of a lump up front would have been a good addition in January for you, or are you similar yeah. to Seb that you don't want to disrupt it too much? Yeah, I think in this sort of league, I think, well, the Rotherham, going back to the Rotherham game, that summed it up because they were a powerful side, weren't they? They're a big physical side. They still play some decent football, but they were in your face all the time. And and we didn't have a a, a Murphy, if you want, did mm. we? That you can actually get the ball up to him. He can hold it. I mean, Will Keane is a great, he can, he's a good target man, but he's not an aggressive player that's going to, you know, battle his way through the defence and charge him with his head. Um, in fact, his heading's quite appalling, to be honest, isn't it? But I like Will Keane, but again, you know, it's horses for courses. And as you suggest, uh, Phil, um, Rich, um, yeah, we probably did need sort of a big gibbon up front. <laughs> We've, um, I mean, we let Roberts go to Gillingham, and I think he had a decent spell there on loan with yeah. um, Steve Evans. I mean, he... Do you feel unlucky that he's had a, he's un, had an unlucky spell, Roberts? Because when Lambert first came in, he, he started in his first game, I think, well, certainly the first home game against Preston, and was quite a handful. You know, we were lacking options clear at that point. But do you think Roberts has a right to feel a little bit disappointed with how his town career ended up? Could he have contributed something that, you know, differently to the players that we had? Is that to me? Um... Yeah. I can't really speak for Roberts because I think I missed the first two games of last season because I was away on holiday. So uh, never really saw enough of him, I don't think, because he went shortly after that, didn't he? I can't remember. Well, yeah, yeah. So he, he kind of disappears out of the team. Yeah. I think did he have a loan out, Seb? In the I don't. Yeah, know. he went on loan on the second half of last season. Didn't he go to? I mean, in the it... first in his first season under Hurst and then Lambert. Yeah, yeah. In the second half of the season, Lambert he, in the January window, him and Rowe went somewhere. Was it Lincoln? Maybe I, I don't know. Yeah, he, that was he, it. he definitely went. He definitely went out on loan. Um, but he has he had I, this run against Preston and Reading, I seem yeah. to recall. He was really decent, and he just disappeared out of the team after that. I know. He, well, he, I guess in the in the January we went out and signed Quainer, didn't we? And Will Keane obviously came in for the first time around, so he lost his place there. And then this year, he's the only one who would be a, a physical option. He took his chance in the EFL Cups pretty well. I know the standard is obviously you know relatively poor in some of the games, but I would have maybe have liked seen a little bit more of him as a as, as a bench option, if nothing else. Mm-hmm. Um, Seb thoughts you know, on oh, did, sorry, do we know how he did it, Gillingham? He got a couple of goals, didn't he? In I think he was it ten games, two goals. Yeah. Sounds well, actually, he, he fired them to finish above us. <laughs> hey, there you go. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Irony. Um, yeah. Thoughts on Ilmazuni going to Cambridge, Seb? He picks up a serious injury towards the end of his spell, but when he's in the team, there he's he appears to be a standout player. Joe's a big fan, um, yeah. although he prefers I think Dobra. But your thoughts on yeah. that one? Because. Yeah, I, I was, I was game happy time, for him to but... get some football, yeah, to get some proper football. But again, he's one of those like Dobra who you wouldn't mind having, you know, coming off the bench as as a as an option, you know, rather than than some of the players that we've we've had coming off the bench in the, in the last few games. I like the fact he went and played some real football. Obviously, he was unlucky with the uh, with the injury, and I think he was doing he was doing quite well before that, wasn't he? I remember it was I think he, I'm sure he scored like a free kick, and it was it was all over YouTube for a little while. So mm. I think he'll be a very very good player, um, and hopefully he'll be back for whenever the, the start of the next season may be. But I, I rate him quite highly. Just need to play him. Um, there's some interest in our players, Downs and Wolfen, and we've kind of used to. January transfer, well, transfer window rumours about those two. But Dobro is, is the subject of a very strange speculative bid from Brighton, which we turned mm. down 
on the last day and thankfully he's now under contract but as a league one team do we need to kind of get used to the fact that we mentioned the fees are going to be lower than the championship but teams are just going to take a punt on our players who are now on the fringe of the first team as opposed to the likes of Ben Knight and players like that who've just left having not even broken through is that something we now need to expect guys I don't know if anyone's got any particularly strong feelings about that yeah I mean the Ben Knight thing was a shame really wasn't it I mean I think it was Ian Ian Milne you know used to say there's not a lot if they come in with with a paltry fee I know we were a division above then but it if, if a team comes, if it's Man City comes in with a paltry fee, and then the, and the, the mother will just say no, 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 and then they just double it. So a paltry one million will offer you two million. Then all right then, you know that's, that's someone's livelihood. Guess you know two million grand. Oh yeah, go on then. Um, it's hard when they're that age to. I think at any club, you know, if they offer parents because they go through the parents a lot, don't they? Is you know tempt you. Um, so it's life changing. So. And yes. I guess at that, you know, that, that, that level, like, it's, it's sorry, nothing, is it? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, what you were saying, Rich, is that he's gone, but he we've not seen him since, have we? Apparently, he's, he's performed well in these friendlies, pre-match friendlies away in Europe and Asia or something. But, yeah, we've not heard from him since. And now he could have been, um, well, he could have been worth a hell of a lot of money to Ipswich at that point, couldn't he, if he'd stayed? But, yeah. yeah. Um, sorry, Seb, did you want to add anything on that? Sorry, yeah, just a quick point. I mean, for these, for the likes of Brighton paying, offering, was it 300 grand? Yeah. yeah, it's nothing, is it? They can take a punt and if it doesn't work out, it's no big deal. We, we've just seen today Luke Garber being released by Everton and, and Ancelotti, you, you don't know if it's real or not, but he, he went, who? Who was that person? You know, these Premier League sides so, can stack their squads out. If it doesn't work for them, it's uh, it's relatively little loss. So I, I think we need to get used to that a little bit. Yeah. I saw Luke Garber posted a, a little cameo of himself to Angelotti, didn't he? I, yeah. You've seen it on Twitter. This is who I, I am. <laughs> like a highlights reel, was it? This is who I am, boss. <laughs> Never mind. Um, yeah, well, this is, let's deal with Peterborough, shall we? Um, I mean, this was an absolute shocker. This is a schooling here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cite mitigating circumstances because Garbutt goes off injured on 25 minutes and I think there is a spell of where we are just crap without Garbutt in the team. Mm. I think that's a fact here. But Norris, who has kept his place in the team, has not really done too much wrong. And there were questions about Rotherham. Um, Wickham, we've talked about. But he's kind of played himself a little bit into form. Um, but this second goal for Smodic is an absolute howler, isn't it, guys? Do you remember this one? Yes. When Norris goes for a walk? Um, mm. Yeah, well... <laughs> Dembele was the pick of the players for me. Smolich gets a, a fourth. Nor comes off the bench and is busy and gets a goal from a penalty. But this is a humbling, isn't it, Graham? I mean, this is the worst performance of the season by a long way. Well, after Rotherham, I think. <laughs> Rotherham yeah. away. But the worst home performance, yeah, definitely. And as for Norris, I don't know why he was still in the side. I know he, you say he played his way back. but I To an extent, as in, he, you know, he's a six or a seven out of ten each week rather than a four or... I think even if you go back, you, you went to Portsmouth, didn't you? Even if you go back that far, I mean, it was a fairly even game. I thought we played reasonably well. And that was a, a weak hand that Norris got to that shot. He could have, most keepers would have managed to push that away somewhere. And he just looked, he hit his hand and went in again. And you think, and you've got to feel sorry for Holy, haven't you? I mean, he's done nothing wrong, really. He's even saved a penalty at one point. So, and it, as I said at the beginning of the season, he was at the beginning of the season, at the beginning of this thing, he was um, he's our number one keeper. Why aren't you playing him? This mm. is crazy. 
Sorry, I've gone off on a tangent. No, that's that's fine. Um, I I didn't want to dwell too much on 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 this game, but it is. I mean, this is a standout moment where um, you know there is the atmosphere changes a little bit at Portman Road. Yeah. We've now dropped down to ninth. Um, so this this feels like a kind of pinpoint moment of the season when things just spiralled a little bit. You know, there's there's a, a mini revival against Burton in a few weeks' time, but this was. This was a real kick in against a team that you want to beat to send a message, don't you? Yeah, we just we just got schooled, like you said. You described it perfectly. Um, after losing to Rotherham, we had these three games in a row, didn't we? Rotherham, Peterborough, and then next up is Sunderland. And we were all thinking to ourselves, we need to be taking maybe four points from these three games to really establish our our credentials amongst the top six. But to lose them all and the manner in which we lost them was was uh, alarm bell should have been ringing. We were just schooled that day. Uh, couldn't deal with Tony. Couldn't deal with Smoditz. The, the, the keeper makes an awful howler. And it was a really, really bad day at the office. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Sunderland game, um, this was an interesting day. Storm... Kira was about to hit. Um, very windy day. We went looking for a fan zone at Sunderland, Graham, that didn't exist. <laughs> it was kind of made up fan zone at Sunderland. And then I'm going to a pub with a strange name with mullet. Um, that was an interesting day. Um, but this was like a carbon copy of the game at Portman Road against Sunderland. We absolutely battered them yeah, for the first that's... 45 minutes. Couldn't get the breakthrough as per usual. Holly is back in goal. So Norris is, the patience has run out on Norris. Holly is back in. Um, but there's a, a kind of bit, a bit of a weird rejig. We've got Danassian in for Guion Edwards. Guion Edwards had been in this right-sided wing-back situation and and had got better and better. But Peterborough really exposed him, didn't it? That, that you can sometimes, against the better teams, figure out the players who are out of position. Um Garbutt's injured, so Kennock comes in for him. 
and Alan Judge kind of went missing again in a big game um, and Nolan replaces him but guys a, a game of two halves literally well it is literally because it is always a game of two halves but metaphorically the sucker punch from Maguire um, Town just ran out of ideas didn't they Seb in this one yeah we played quite well first half I mean I think all three of us were there we played okay first half didn't take the chances Norwood has a one-on-one and I think at, at half time I think you and me both said to each other uh, we might regret not uh, not taking one of these chances but so, so, second half we just didn't come out of the dressing room did we they hit the woodwork I think once maybe maybe twice I can't remember and they scored relatively late on but yeah, uh, 81 as, minutes. as soon as they yeah, oh, as soon as that goal goes in, even though there's 10 minutes left to go in a bit of injury time, you think to yourself, that's that's us done today, unfortunately. And again, it's this weird thing of not playing well for, for the entire game. You know, we played well for 45 minutes and then just, just don't turn up for the second half. And we did it on, on, on countless times throughout the throughout the course of the season. It was really weird. Graham, did, did the uh, Sunderland goal just feel inevitable, as Seb said, yeah. after yeah. the first half where we didn't score? Yeah, you summed it up really, both of you, actually. Yeah, I mean, that was it. Once... First half, we were so much on top, and you think you know what's going to happen. It's it's, it's town, isn't it? So, yeah, it's going to happen, and it is. And and we're now kind of at a bit of a run of it's no win. Well, we we Wimbledon next, so you've just lost to three three in a row to teams around you, um, and are tumbling down the table. What you want is a nice morale boosting game, Graham, against the team that we can beat in a in a. Tell us about your view for this game. This the stadium at yeah, Wimbledon, is it? It was a nine-all draw, was it? I don't know. <laughs> I, I couldn't see anything. I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I'm nearly six foot tall, and I couldn't. I could hardly see a thing. And I was watching most of the game side on as well. It's just just awful, wasn't it? A bit, a bit of a cramp. Just yeah. Well, it's, I, I didn't go to that one. It sounded like just a, a little bit of a logistical nightmare there. Is it Plough Lane? What is? Is it Kings Meadow? I forget what. It's Kings Meadow, isn't it? Yeah. But it sounds like a ground that shouldn't even be in the professional leagues. No, I, mean, I actually walked past it on my way into Kingston, isn't it, next door? And um, and I thought, like, surely this isn't it? You know, it's just like a little pub back, one of those gardens you have behind a pub with a couple of sheds. But uh, no, it was, it was atrocious. And the the stewards, bless them, they weren't horrible, but I think they hadn't prepared themselves for such a gathering especially for a night game and they didn't know what to do with everyone you know people were sort of standing in the uh, disabled enclosure and all this and they were having to be shoved out and they said well, where are we going to go and they, there literally was nowhere for them to go other than stand there and it's shocking the performance wasn't brilliant but it wasn't our worst we could have probably nicked it we probably the slightly the better side but. yeah there's a chance for Keane isn't there I think in the second half but I think the, th- the thing I wanted to mention uh, so we're still with this three-five-two. Um, Earl comes in for Kenlock. Hughes is back in from injury. Um, but there's this midfield three of Scoose, Hughes, and Downs, and you just kind of—I think we—I remember the our chat on the pod was, you know, we do we need to be more attacking in this game? Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're all—they're all very skillful players. I mean, even Scoozy, I know Scoozy's getting on, but they're all—but they're not. Maybe Hughes is an exception. They're not. People are going to burst forward and go Break flying lines and... or anything like that, are they? None of them are. So, yeah. yeah. yeah this, I'm trying to see whether this midfield configuration happens again. I don't think it does. But alarm bells said when you saw that lineup, was it? 
Yeah, a little bit. You wanted some creativity in the middle. So be that a, a Dizelle from deeper, you know, sort of pulling the strings or a Bishop to, to make the runs and break the lines. When you see those when you see those three players lined up, uh, you, you think of yourself, there's not. There's a lot of hustle and bustle. They'll read the game very well. But but where is the creativity and where is the, you know, the runs in behind the strikers to give a bit of support to the front men? And, and Wimbledon's approach to this game should not have been a surprise, should it? You know, we knew exactly no. what we were going to get after yeah. the game of Portman Road. What, what is, you know, is this a game for going long? Is this a game for having the big lump up front? Is gonna... Well, that's where you want it, yeah. Make the ball stick up front and, and then get your runners in, in midfield and in the wings in behind him to, to create chances. You know, we, we just we didn't do that. I think, was this the game when Norwood hit the bar from a, from a corner? I think it was, wasn't it? Awesome, so, yeah. like Graham said, we could have nicked it, but we, you know, it wasn't our worst performance, but it wasn't the, the morale-boosting win that we all thought we'd, uh, we'd get after the previous three games against sides in the top six. No, yeah. and, well... Go on, Graham. Oh, I was just going to say, I think, because didn't he play Will Keane up front pretty much on his own? And then and that's the thing. I like, As I said, I do like Will Keane and he can hold the ball and he can, you know, lay it off and all this. He's not a Murphy. But if you are going to play him up front, you need someone behind him or someone like a Dazelle or a, or a Dobra or someone that, that, that will feed off him. But there is no one and he sort of holds the ball up and then waits. And like you say, that it's a quite a static midfield three he had that day so I'm just trying to figure out whether Judge was in that team or not as well because that's the kind of role that you would expect Alan Judge to be playing but I don't remember him being in it no I'm just checking it now just quickly I think it was the game where he brought Sears on at left wing back wasn't it or something there was something weird possibly I can I can tell you yeah. I'm sure Sears comes on and we think brilliant Keane will get some support up front but I'm sure he goes like to left wing back or something yeah, so something Sears, very strange Sears comes on for Josh Earl yeah um, yeah Danassian's in there see that's quite a negative side isn't it for a team when you're playing someone like Wimbledon so so Keane comes on actually no it doesn't it's, it's Norwood and Jackson up front but I, I don't think it was a two up front um, I might be wrong on that one but it didn't feel like it anyway, but there was certainly a huge gaping chasm between the strikers and the midfield. And that was a real issue in the relegation season last year, wasn't it? Mm. Um, but yeah, just a lack of guile or a lack of, you know, in your face getting stuck in. Um, so no wins in four. And then we turn it around to Burton. I've, you know, I've written demolition here, but this is another one similar to, to Accrington game where... Yeah. Yeah. We're just That's what them you think, oh, here we go, we're off, we've got yeah. really in some another, another false start, but yeah. another one where, where Burton where Burton took the lead in this one. Murphy absolute acres for, for one nil. He's just got the whole of the left hand side of the pitch and cuts oh, in. Please. But um a decent rally, um decent performance here. Judge and Jackson get a couple of goals each. well taken goals here as well. Nice assist for Judge and a Jackson diving header one of the goals that I particularly remember in this one but I guess at this point where you've no wins in four um, and then you beat Burton that's great but you now got Oxford coming up um, that's was, the game was this that... where he came out and said about the Hunters was it around this time when like we were dropped outside the playoffs hadn't we so Lambert came out and said let's see how they all deal with being hunted and now it's good to be the to be the Hunters or something but Quite I know we won this game pretty comfortably, but it was a, it was it wasn't really a sign of what was to come, was it? It was no. yeah, again battering a smaller team, which we should do, um, rather than you know the next few games we're just not going to turn up again. But as, as I mentioned a few, uh, a few minutes ago about Garbert, Garbert returns for this game, 
um, and Earl is is pushed to centre back. How much of our good performances were thanks to Garbutt being in the team? Graham was was he was he our player of the season? I, I know Downs probably would have won it if we if we'd done it, but Garbutt felt like the player that made us tick in an attacking sense, didn't he? Yeah, I mean it would be great if we could keep hold of him or rather get him back, but. I can't see it because there's got to be clubs that are, going to, that are higher than us that are going to want him. But yeah, I thought he was a great player. The player of the season, maybe, I don't know. He certainly wasn't the worst. He was one of the best, definitely, yeah. Yeah, and I think he'd fancy a, a level above the league one as well, wouldn't he? But yeah. I, I think there's sure. something to be said for for Garbutt being in the team when we were at our best, I think. Um, yeah, it's one for the step man, isn't it? How many points do we get with yeah, Garbutt? Yeah, win percentage with Garbutt in the team. Well, um, he just has that bit of that bit of quality, doesn't he? From a set piece, yeah. or he's got that bit of vision, you know, to pick out a, a, even just a long ball forward. They're not just punts forward; it's a it's a controlled pass forward. He's he's got that bit of Premier League sort of quality. You can tell he's been training a lot amongst better players, and and like I'd love to keep him as well, but I think we know he'll probably end up in the he'll go somewhere like Derby next year, won't he, or something in the in the Championship? I would think. Yeah, so somewhere like that. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Somebody somebody sort of making a push for the for the playoffs next year. I could see them fitting in there quite nicely. Press. And there you go. There's my prediction. I'll back in, back in the north. Winners. Um, uh So we've, as Graham said, we've kind of got a nice morale boosting four-one victory. Um, but twenty-first um, of February, so uh, just a few days after that Burton win, Norwood. It's announced that Norwood has to have surgery on a an ab- a, a, what is the word? I want to say abductor muscle. I yeah, think that's a abductor. Is that a medical term? It sounds like. Yeah. So yeah, someone who works on a bus, um, and there's a dad joke like there. That's a, goodness me! <laughs> um, wow, wow, wow! <laughs> How many beers are you on ground? No, don't answer that. Um, but out for two months. I mean, <laughs> as as the season panned out, it didn't really matter. Um, but um, your thoughts on Nord and whether your your suspicion, Seb, was when he wasn't in the team in January, we were resting him because of injury rather than form. Yeah. Oh, when was his first stop? Was it October time or something? Was it October? November? Yeah, the first stop, and he was out for maybe a month. Maybe maybe we rushed him back. I, d- I don't know. Um, but he was definitely being nursed through. I think in the final the final third of the year, he, he would be subbed on the, the the hour mark, or he wouldn't start the game. He'd come on for the last half hour. So I think they had one eye on trying to nurse him through and then do the surgery in the in the summer. Uh, a fully fit James Norwood probably scores more than eleven goals. That said, he, he was our he was our top joint top scorer with Jackson. And I think he had by far and away the most shots of any of our players. So I'd like to see what he can do next year when he's fully fit and he's got a um, uh, he's got a decent preseason under his belt. And, and don't forget, it was his first time at this this level, wasn't it? For any any, I think he played a couple of games maybe in the past at this level, but it's his first season. Um, so I'd, I'd like to see him with a, a fully fit firing Norwood. I think we'll get us. A, uh, I think he's good for sort of fifteen goals a season or so. Let's um. So we've <laughs> Burton four one. Nord out injured, um, and now we're going to have four defeats on the bounce. Um, and the Oxford defeat compounds the misery about Norwood's injury because Caden Jackson gets sent off for violent conduct in injury time in this one. But this is where I think the atmosphere properly starts to turn. You've kind of one week you've shown that you can beat anyone in the league comprehensively. The week after you become toothless. You're done by a sucker punch goal. Lambert is booed. Chance of don't know what you're doing. Um, I wasn't at this one, Graham. Were you at this one? Was this was this a bit of a watershed moment in respect of the supporters 
views of Lambert. Well, it was sad because I, a Oxford fan who lives only a few hundred yards from me was giving me so much stick Smug. after the game. Yeah, it's horrible. So, yeah, no, it was a sucker punch. I mean, we weren't that bad, I didn't think, but we weren't that good either. And as you say, you know, we should be beating teams like that. I know Oxford were on a bit of a roll at the time, which started when we played them away, I think. But, um, yeah. And, I don't know. Yeah, it was just disappointing, wasn't it? I think, as you say, everyone was starting to... Heads were dropping and people think, oh, God, how much longer is this going to go on for? You know, fortunately, the virus stopped it for us. But <laughs> <laughs> right. another 1-0 defeat to a, a top team. Um, another game, Seb, where there's just no um, attacking options. And now we went to Blackpool. Did you do Blackpool as, as well, Graham? No, but I was because I was abroad, I managed to get it on uh, iFollow, so I did watch the ah. game. So we can talk all about about this one it's a weird game this one talking about sucker punches um, that, that's the big one wasn't it especially as Sears had gone up one end yeah and literally within a few seconds it was in the back of our net um, tell us yeah. about Blackpool Seb this is um, this is the, like the holiday destination of the North West isn't it it's where we all go yeah we're all counting days till it opens up again and we can all get in our uh, our cars and head up to the the big one of the pleasure beach um it was a weird day wasn't it he changed okay. the formation he went he went 4-3-3 and was bishop was wide wasn't he bishop played like bishop a wide and Sears, right. either side yeah. yeah and it, judge, was, it was yeah. a bit yeah it was a bit weird king was the focal point king did well for the equalizer if i remember rightly he sort of waited for the defender to commit and chip the ball into Sears and that chance at the end where you're thinking, here we go, brilliant, three points before a little bit of a, a rally before the end of the season. And then I remember the goalkeeper catching it. I remember you turning to me and going, here we go, we'll concede now. And then 15 seconds later, it's two bits of awful defending and the ball's in the back of our net. And at that point, you just know, just end the season, please. We must have been about 10th by then, 11th by then. I know everyone's saying we could still do it, but at that point, we all surely knew that we were destined for another year in League One. We um we turn up Graham and and it's, it's the start of Storm Jorge. Um, oh yeah, do you remember? And God. super windy, but it's blue sky, sunny, sunny blue skies, and we walk out of the ground, and it's still windy, but now dark grey skies and rain sweeping in. It was um it was very kind of symbolic of of our mood. Metaphor, yeah, wasn't it, for the uh, town season? Yeah. But, I mean, another thing, kind of to mention in this game, aside from. Um, Sears first goal since Villa away in January 2019 um, Liam Feeney is who gets the assist for the 93rd minute goal Hughes and Downs have their kind of stupid brain fart moment that leads to the first goal for Dewsbury Hall neither of them decide to clear it but I guess one positive was an appearance by Tyree Simpson who came on for the second half seven looked like the kind of physical forward presence that we'd we've been saying before that we were missing yeah, and Dobra as well, I think, came on and looked mm. really, really lively when he got involved in the game. Simpson, I think, was it Joe said he's an ex, ex-rugby player? So you could, yes. you could tell that, you know, from his, from his physique, he was a big guy and he was putting himself about a little bit. And he certainly looked very promising, as did as did Dobra when he came off the bench. Let's um, let's just finish this. Let's just get this finished, guys. <laughs> let's just it, end it. <laughs> it's 2-1-0 it's defeats at home to finish the season. One to Fleetwood um, and Auntie Evans and Auntie Le- Lambert chance. Um, are starting to kick up here. McGavin, Brett McGavin's given a first um, league start. It's a bit of a... Were you at this one, Graham? Did you feel a Which bit um, at the Fleetwood game where McGavin is thrust into the centre of midfield oh, against Fleetwood? No, no, but that's, that was a bit of it. And he was hauled off at half-time. 
Um, we've still got the one up front, so Judge is kind of in behind Keane. But again, just toothless from town. And it's Ched Evans, bloody Ched Evans, who who outsprints Chambers, if that's such a thing. And it's a low finish that Holy really should do better with. He's, he doesn't really get... He's a it big goes in guy, off his foot, but... doesn't it? I think if I'm Riley, yeah, it hits yeah. his foot, doesn't it? And goes in the net. So he gets he gets a boot to it, but and Joey. But at Barton... this stage, we've, we've we've got nothing on the bench, have we? I mean, Keane mm. Keane's up front, and there's there's no real options on the bench to to look to change things around. Which again goes back to the earlier point about the January transfer window being wasted. Yep. Um, Boozer after that one, and Joey Barton's nice and smug, as you'd expect to be. Joey Barton, Graham, do you remember the away game when Joey Barton questioned our mental? fortitude when we started doing the kind of waving arms at the end of matches and I think he didn't appreciate us doing that away at Fleetwood but said we're we're not that good a team and you know we need to achieve something before we start doing things like that did Joey Barton have our number it looks like it but if if I can go back to my pet gripe as soon as as Seb just said um, Holy made a not really a mistake was it but it was a bit of a poor effort to stop the goal and then he was immediately dropped again wasn't he so there seemed to be one rule for one goalkeeper and one for the other. So Norris can make four or five mistakes and stay in and then get dropped and Holy makes just the one. And yeah, that, and as we that, said... This... That was one of my gripes from the season. I'm just Sorry. checking the Coventry lineup. Yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't clocked that Norris comes back no, in I for didn't. this one. So I think he does. There you go, yeah. he does. He absolutely does. Um, and, this is, and this is it. And this is the kind of... Um, when the kind of... The, the COVID stuff starts to kick off properly. I remember Seb and I went to Sunderland away. You did the Sunderland away, didn't you as well, Gwen? And there, that weekend, the news story broke about people being quarantined in Newcastle who had been on yeah. that ferry. And yeah. you kind of joke about it a little bit and go, oh, well, I mean, keep an eye out for quarantine and vans and stuff like that. I think we saw some weird... We saw a, we medi- saw a disease van or something, didn't we? Yeah, we I remember did, it. out in Newcastle the night before. Yeah. But this is it where it's getting a bit real. Um it's another defeat 1-0 to a team um, in the top six. Um, Garber again goes off injured and I, and I think that has an impact. But a goal from Matt Godden just, I think, after Garber goes off. Um, but it's the elbows celebration. There were kind of no handshakes and all that kind of stuff. Um, we had possession, but no real clear-cut chances. I think this is a 4-3-3 with Bishop, Sears and Judge. But you know, this is Coventry weren't great, were they, guys? I don't remember no. being too impressed, but I guess they didn't. They didn't need to be particularly good to beat us, did they? And that's the story, I think, of the games against the better teams. And when when you look at the players we had, and you know, he didn't said alluded to it earlier. He brought um, Dobra on very occasionally, but he, I mean, he came on. He made his debut up at. Um, Eckrington, didn't he? Um, he was sent straight off after about 10 minutes. But uh, I thought we played a blinder in the 10 minutes he was there. He really shut the game up. You know, we ended up losing that game. But when it came on, I thought, oh, here we go. Um, and then he was never seen again for ages. You know, what? give the guy a go. It's what we were crying for, crying out for, someone like that, wasn't it, that could run at people. Yeah, well, somebody does get a chance here who, who had a very strange campaign. Um, Andre Dizel starts this one in the central midfield. I mean, this this is a false start of a season for him as well, Seb. He never really plays in 24. And in, in this game, he just appears to be lost, really. I think he he might have a loose pass that leads to the the build-up to the goal, maybe, I think. 
it, it was weird, wasn't it? He would just get dropped in. He'd be out the side, not even on the bench for four or five games. And then suddenly he'd be starting in central midfield alongside down. So unfortunately for him, the season was a, uh, was a bit of a write-off. He never really got going. Um, I don't really remember him standing out in any games. I guess you wanted to play that sort of deep lying playmaker kind of role with the with the defence splitting passes for the strikers or the inside forwards, but he, he never really got going. Be that he's got recovered from his injury, he had a really bad injury. Is it the contract situation weighing on his mind? He, he, he never got going, and I, I'm not so sure he'll, uh, he'll he'll do much next season either. Mm. Don't know. I think we, we saw flashes of it because I kept an eye on him in a couple of games, especially watched him and some of the things he would do. You know, he he would look one way and put a striker through just just with one touch and then as you say he would probably become a, um, just disappear from the rest of the game but he does have that thing in him but like you say he wasn't given enough games to you just don't get going do you if you're going to be dropped again and then brought back two weeks later and I think Dazelle's a super player I really do but whether we'll see much of him again who knows yeah that's the end of the season guys I'll, um, I'll get your thoughts on individual players we'll kind of do a bit of a player ratings thing um, but that is good enough for 52 points and 10th position as at the point when the season effectively goes into lockdown um, just before Bristol Rovers. Um, games against Portsmouth, um, the Bristol Rovers away game I mentioned, Southend at home, Bolton at home, Shrewsbury away, Rochdale. You know, these are winnable games, but did we pin too much hope on getting the points necessary? to get in the playoffs in these matches and kind of took our eye off the ball maybe in February when the damage was done, you know. We, we, would you, I guess, the, my short question, Seb, is would we have got back in the playoffs with those fixtures? No, we'd have finished higher than 11th. We'd have beaten the likes of Bolton, Southend, Shrewsbury and MK Dons. But um, I think we were kidding ourselves if we MK thought we'd, we'd get to sixth. MK were on form though, weren't they? Oh, they weren't. No, no. But yeah, I don't think any of us can really sit here and say, oh, we were robbed, you know, blah, blah, the season should have gone on. We were, I think after those three games, Rotherham, Peterborough and Sunderland, I think we all knew what was, what was likely to happen. Graham, you agree? Yeah, no, I can only agree with said. I mean, I, I, I couldn't see us getting out of that. I don't think we'd have, no, we wouldn't have made the playoffs. I don't think. I mean, we, who knows? Teams do go on a run, don't they? They win about eight games out of nine, but I couldn't see it. That wasn't us, was it? Too spiky was our form. And, uh, and after the season is decided on points per game, we are actually dropped down to 11th. Um, so um, Outwitted by Steve Evans. And and Jordan Roberts. And our lowest <laughs> league position in 67 years or what have you. Um, but, yeah, he was there for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but strange times and, and all that kind of stuff. So we'll have to see what transpires next. Your thoughts just very briefly. Wickham, Oxford, Portsmouth and Fleet would make up the players. Um Playoffs, Coventry, Rotherham get promoted. Um, your thoughts on who will go through on the playoffs? I'd, I'd like it to be Portsmouth, um, thinking about next year in terms of a threat, but the playoffs are a lottery. I think Wickham are very lucky to be in there, given how it all worked out with the points per game thing. Um, but my, my back would be Portsmouth. Graham? I mean, to be honest, we, we outplayed Wickham in both the home and away games, didn't we? Oh. Um, we had a shocking refereeing decision in the first game and then Norris again in the second game. Um, yeah, I, I think Portsmouth probably deserve it as well. Uh, and although they will be strong next season, so that's another reason to get rid of them. But yeah, I think maybe Portsmouth deserve it. Slow burn of a season as well. They were they were really close. Jacket was close to getting sacked. Yeah, 
if I recall. And then, um, and yeah. Also, that's what you were talking about at the beginning of the thing about do you want to get involved in cup matches and uh, go to Wembley? Well, that cost them last season. They did get to Wembley, but then that messed their season, their leagues, league form up, and they didn't go up where they looked as though they would, you know, certs to go up. So, you know, yeah. working. Oh, well, Peterborough and some of the teams that miss out, and obviously through the points per game or the voting by League One teams. Um, clearly, we're very unhappy with that situation. There'll be um, tricky opponents next season as well. But um, and just to finish off, Tranmere, um, who were <laughs> had won three games on the bounce before the season was called to a halt, have lost out on points per game and joined Southend and Bolton um, in the relegation places. Um, it's um, Northampton won the playoff game. Um, we're recording oh. this. Um, on Tuesday the thirtieth, so Northampton. We Seb and I have ticked that one off. Have you been to Sixfields, Graham? Been to the old one. No, I've not been to Sixfields. No, it's a weird one. It's like I think they had a owner who took over who claimed to have loads of money and started redeveloping the ground, and then turned out that he didn't have that money, and so it's kind of like MK Don's stadium was, where you had kind of an empty tier. There's this kind of big shell of a grandstand that would look quite impressive if it was filled in, but it isn't. Um, the other teams coming up, Swindon, um, Crewe, um, and Plymouth as well. So um, four teams up, three teams down. I'm trying to do the maths there. It's to balance out for Berry not being in the Berry, league. Berry, of course. It? Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. So, so Swindon, Crewe, Plymouth. I haven't done Swindon. Done Crewe. Oh, are we going to Plymouth? Oh, it's a long old way, isn't it? We've got yeah, to at some point. It's so. a weekend away, isn't it, really? Especially for you guys, you live even further away, don't you? Well, that's true. Well, I'm going to fly it from Manchester or something. Yeah, you could, couldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Could I, um, well, let's, um, thank you guys for your, your insights and your views on that. Um, you know, ultimately a season of disappointment um, and big, serious questions needing to be asked. Um, we've talked a lot about Lambert. We talked a bit about Evans. Let's just finish with with the players, if we may. Um, I just want to get your ratings out of 10 for the kind of key starters through the season and get a sense of whether we've got um, a squad that is in general fives and sixes or maybe sevens and the odd player eights, which suggests that the quality of the squad is just not there or whether tactically they've been let down and actually we've got sevens and eights and nines and um, we've just not used them properly. Um, so let's start with the keepers. Um, Holy and Norris, Seb, what's your scores for them? Uh, Holy, I don't really think... Do you just want simple answers or do you want a bit of... I, if you want to give me a bit of insight, that's fine. We haven't probably got <laughs> I'd, I'd say Holy, Holy six, uh, solid first season, Norris, four. Graham? Yeah, I'd agree with that. Holy wasn't absolutely brilliant at all, but I think he was the better keeper of the two. He got an assist or two, didn't he, as well, Holy? Um, He's got a mighty kick on him, that's one thing. I feel, so, I feel sorry for Norris, but then I... It's possibly because I met him and know that he's a nice bloke. I know. I just feel sorry for him. But yeah, he did... He, he's... These, uh, these high-profile errors really... Um, yeah, really held him out, didn't they? Um, Danassian, weird season for Danassian. Moments where he was in the team and he was out. Um, Graham, do you want to give Danassian a, a score? Or... Not enough of a sample. Maybe a five. But I think, um, again, going back to what you've both said, 
no one gets a regular run in the side or hardly anyone does. And even Danassian, I know he's probably not up to it, but you don't really know. If you give him 10 games, who knows? He might settle in and play really well, but none of them are given that long or very few. Would you say so, the same for, for Kenlock as well, Seb? Would you yeah, score Danassian and Kenlock similarly? Yeah, I'd, I'd say five. He started the season as part of that back four, which went on that run of, you know, not conceding a goal when Garber was ahead of him at left midfield. But then, like, like Graham just said, you know, he, he didn't get a run in the side, did he? And drifted away, made the occasional EFL Cup game and, and came in when uh, when Garber was injured here and there. But uh, I'd say a five for Kenlock. Is Wilson going to do any better than a six for you guys? He's solid, Will- but... Yeah, I thought he was solid. He was unspectacular. He could always find row F if he wanted to. And... Uh, Rarely made mistakes. It's a good solid play. I'd give him a six at least, yeah. yeah. I thought he's... I'd say six, yeah. What about so what about Chambers? Chambers always splits opinions, doesn't he, guys? That's yeah. What are you gonna give him, Seb? I'm gonna to come to you. I say for, for Chambers I would say a six. Uh Sunderland aside, I can't remember any direct mistakes that led to goals. Like I'm not counting the Wickham one because that was an awful awful call by the referee. Um so I I, I would say a six for Chambers. Are you going to go with a six as well, Graham, or are you going to do something contentious? It's following Seb, but yeah, I agree. And he is a motivator at the end of the day. I know he gets a lot of flack, but one could argue that he's not motivating enough after you see the results. But who knows whether that's coming from the manager um, or not. So I'm, I'm going to try and do my best to not lead the witnesses here, but I'm going to do a bit of clustering because otherwise we'll be here all night. I just wanted to put Garber and Vincent Young together to see whether you'd score them similarly because they there was a spell where they were the left and right hand side weren't they um, and to me were probably they were two good additions to the squad and contributed in a big way but would you discount Vincent Young because of the big injury I'd, I'd give him if he sorry sir if, if, he was, if he was a regular I'd give him a nine I thought he was outstanding I mean he only had one dodgy game and that was when he was injured or you could clearly see he was injured and then he went off to have his operation but yeah no it's fantastic signing Seven. I think Agreed. similar. I'd say an eight. Uh, I thought he played really well. I mean, the, the home game against Tranmere was marauding up that right flank, and it's it's a glimpse of what could have been. You know, if he stays fit all all season, it's a great outlet for for our attacking options. So good bit of business, and I'd give him an eight. And Garber as well. For me, I'd, I'd give him a seven. Uh, brilliant for the free kicks and the assists. Um, I just thought every now and again he would get caught out when he was left back. I prefer him as a left wing back or a left midfielder to a an out-and-out left-back, but um, I'd, I'd absolutely love to keep him here. Luke Wolfenden, Graham, his first full season, solid yeah. season? Yeah, absolutely. Another eight, I think. Good, eight. solid. Uh, yep. For his first season, that's it's pretty outstanding, wasn't he, I thought? Um, the midfield is where... Let me start with Alan um, with Flynn Downs. I assume we're both probably going to say eight or nine. I thought he was... Uh, he'd be the player of the year if, he, if, if we had the awards. Uh, there were some games where he was just, you know, looking to looking to make the difference and the bustle in midfield and breaking from deep and, and leading by example. And he's, he, he is far too good for League One. Yeah, agree with that, Graham. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to list you the midfield. And if you want to give anyone... Well, it just feels like a lot of meh in midfield so Guion Edwards quite a spiky season obviously pushed out wide um, to wing back which possibly didn't suit him Scoose Nolan Bishop Rowe Judge Dizelle and then we've got Hughes coming in part way through Dobra Ilmazuni 
you know, is there anyone there that you want to pick out and make a case for uh, anything about uh, anything above or below a six? I'd say below. No, I don't. Wouldn't give no than a six. I was really disappointed with no, and I thought he was going to be a big player for this year, this year based on his his Shrewsbury season where he got I don't know what it was ten, twelve goals from midfield. So I, I was really disappointed with him annoyingly. So I, I'd probably give him a five. Um, and um, Scoose, I'd say uh, Scoose, I'd give a six to. To be fair, um, Danny Rowe would probably give a, a, a six to as well. Danny Rowe, Graham started off the season really well, didn't he? When we were playing the four four two. But just go, he, just disappears, isn't he? He did, but he's more an out and out winger. And if he's if a winger's not on form, then you pretty much lost it. Isn't it? Yeah, I think Bishops showed flashes. He did. You know, you know what you know what he can do when he's one hundred percent fit. I think Dazelle's showed even less, but flashes of what they can do. I think looking forward to next season. If you think of the side, the midfield we've got. If you've got Bishop, all these if they're fit, Bishop. Dazelle, Downs, Hughes, Lancaster, Dobra, El Mazzuni, you can play the whole, just 11 midfielders. <laughs> Goalkeeper wouldn't make much difference anyway, would it? Just need a team of Tommy <laughs> Smith, don't we? Um, <laughs> Alan Judge, can we focus briefly on Alan Judge? Because we um, rejected a bit from QPR for him in the January in the summer transfer window. Yeah. And most look back on that decision now and possibly question it knowing the season that he's had but at the time that felt like a really important statement we just haven't seen enough from him have we Seb? No um, and you can go to the last six months of last season as well He's, I don't think he's the player we thought we were going to get but I, I do feel a bit sorry for him it's it's no coincidence the two 4-1 games Accrington and Burton he's playing in a number 10 role just behind the strikers so many times he was he was out wide on the wing and that's that, that's not his position that's not his game so from that point of view, I feel a bit sorry for him, but um, he, he, he's disappointed this year. There's no, there's no denying that. That spell, Graham, where Judge has played on the left of midfield in a four-four-two in October and November, just totally ruined it, didn't it? And he didn't have the discipline to stay <laughs> yeah. there. And he even alluded to it himself, didn't he? When he was asked in interviews and things, he said, "Well, you know, I, I play wherever the boss, you know, the, the old usual trope. I play wherever the boss wants me, but." You know, you know that's he knows that's not his best position. He needs to be play, feeding off the striker, doesn't he? Um, so, yeah, disappointing. Also, he had that problem with his son, didn't he, as well? Yeah. The QPR thing probably weighed on his head. He's probably thinking, well, you know, I could go back to London, and yeah, it's disappointing, totally. Um, Caden Jackson, Seb, a decent campaign. Yeah, yeah, pleased for him. Uh, there were so many times last year he was sort of isolated up front on his own, and. I think the EATD guys have done a quote where he said he wanted to start ten games this season, but he his goal scoring in preseason made him made him a start from the off, and I was I was really impressed with him. He, he runs the channels really well, and um, I'd, I'd give him a I'd give him a seven for the season. Yeah, top assists, top goals, isn't he? Seven. He's joined with Norwood for goals. I'm not sure about the assists. Okay, um, but, but that sending off maybe blotted his copybook, if you want to use a cliche. Um, Norwood, Graham. I like Norwood and Seb alluded to it earlier that I think if he'd been fit we'd have been in a far, far better position. I mean, he's a natural goal scorer. He rarely misses when he is on goal and um, but the injury clearly messed his season up, didn't it? He did miss some sitters though, Graham. Yeah, he did. He was always there. We were, half the time True. we were the ball right. the box and there's no one there at all. Um, and great for the social media as well. Yeah. <laughs> but he... he um, you know, he, he's obviously been carrying this injury as well, so, you know, even before he's had the operation. So I think, 
as Seb said, you know, a whole season. If we can get a whole season out of him, it could be quite good. Mm-hmm. Um, Sears and Keane, meh. You can't, I, I, you can't judge Sears, can you, to be fair? I mean, he made a handful of appearances. Keane, we were at Coventry away in December and he was the, the focal point. And when the ball was played in defeat, he was brilliant. He was yeah. dropping, bringing others into play and that's how he should have played for the rest of the season. It's not really his fault that Lambert made him the, the focal point and he was getting balls launched towards his head. And As Graham said earlier, his heading isn't, isn't a strong part of his game. Um, I've got no idea what his contract is. I was a bit surprised that we, we've released him. I know they they'll go back in, in, in and get him, but that, that does just leave us with, with two out-and-out senior strikers. So I assume they've got something lined up um, to, to, to bring in a replacement. Yeah, yeah. I, totally I was at Coventry as well. I thought he had a great game, and, but you don't want to be launching it to his head. He's not a, that sort of player, is he? He's bring players in. He can even score your goals, but he has to be played to feet. Well, he had a spell on one of the games. I don't know if it was Accrington or somewhere. He he sat in as number ten as well, and mm. that seemed to. I think he came on for Judge and did well. But I think Mullet would be shouting at us saying, "Aren't vastly underrated, Will Keane?" But well, me like that when it comes to Keane. Yeah, yeah. Um, we should have done the question so Mullet could have done that one more time um, but we salute you Will Keane um, his contract hasn't been renewed as it stands same with Rowan Roberts um, and that's it guys that is the season we have done it um, I ran out of beer a long time ago so I feel like I need another one but um, I hope everyone enjoyed that um, any, any final thoughts on the season or any other comments you haven't had a chance to make no Alongside it, it Graham. Dis- <laughs> it was disappointing, let's be honest. But, you know, think of the crop coming through. The new kit's out today. Uh, next year, you'll have Lancaster, Dobra, El Mazzuni. There are lots of reasons to be optimistic. So I know it's been quite a <laughs> quite a, a down pod based on the results. But there are, there are definitely things to look forward to. Graham, is there something to be said for being a fairly stable, professional outfit in a period of uncertainty that might make us a bit more resistant to the kind of threats that some of the smaller teams yeah. are facing financially? I think so. I think because we've got, um, like Seb just said, and I said before that, you know, we've got the midfield we've got coming through are fantastic, but he's got to play them and he's got to stick to a solid side. A side. And even if we lose, you know, keep the bulk of that side together. Don't keep changing it. Right from the beginning of this thing, we, you know, you said, didn't you, um, Rich, that chopping and changing international breaks we'll stop now we'll have a rest no need was there I mean it was only El Mazzuni that was away on international duty anyway wasn't it in one of those breaks well, and Georgia as well yeah oh Georgia yeah well, <laughs> he wasn't in the team so no exactly so yeah there's, we need stability now whether that's management I'm not convinced but certainly need stability in the top, in the side don't we as to what happens we re-Lambert I think um, maybe three months into the season we'll find out won't we We'll find out whenever that season resumes. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for that. Um, Graham, where can we find you on Twitter and um, any Naked Footy announcements that you want to make? I'm just Naked Footy on Twitter. Oh, naked Footy. I'm losing fans by the minute because for criticising the government, but we weren't going to talk about it. We got, almost made it. You almost... I feel like there's a faulty Towers joke there, but I'm not sure in the current climate I want to repeat it. Um, but you'll presumably you'll be back for the new season. Yeah, hopefully, whenever it starts. And, and uh, for those watching, yeah, we're going to have Rich on first, even if we have to do it remotely like this. Cool. Well, hopefully, Rich, we could actually do it in the pub if you're coming down for a game I'll have my Ipswich Town face mask on if it ever arrives 
Wimbledon <laughs> will do that. Has he done them? Have they got him since he's done Yeah, course? but they <laughs> they put them on sale about two months ago and they still haven't arrived. It's like yeah. getting PPE from Turkey about, oh, let's not go political. I'm going to do my best. But, um, they're not going to restock them by the sounds of it. I think they were more hassle than they were. Um, great stuff. At Naked Footy, um, Seb, where can we find you? At Brown S08. At Brown S08. You can find me at Ips Rich. You can find our Blue Monday channel at Blue Monday ICFC. We're on Instagram. We're on YouTube. Um, and a quick plug as well, and a thank you to the guys who have um, already done this. Our, our Acast is our platform that hosts our podcast and um, pushes it out to um, Apple and all other places as well. And if you'd want to um, donate to the channel and um, help us support in putting more pods out and hopefully increasing the sophistication, maybe getting rid of some of the, the crap, the old deadwood like me and getting new people in, I don't know. Um, but if you want to donate, that's, that'd be very generous of you. Um, a few guys have done that, a guy called um, Jude and Tugzi and Ed Hawker and Will Airy and a guy called DJ. Um, but please do that. The link is on our Twitter. There'll be probably an advert for it as well if you're listening to the pod. So please do that. But there's no, it's not compulsory. We are not becoming a subscription service. Um, but if you feel like you'd like to do that, then um, please do so. Um, who wants to have the last word? I've spoken a lot. I'm hoarse. Um, Seb, Give do you want to say Graham. goodbye? Oh, and I'll, I'll, I'll say goodbye. What's Welsh say for goodbye? Uh, I don't actually know. Come on. <laughs> Is it Yakidar? That's the only thing I know in Welsh. Pop I know Boridar is hello, but I, I don't know. So I'll say stay safe, everyone, and we'll see you soon. And Graham can obviously do the last word. Yeah. Say hello to all the Blue Monday guys. Rich. We'll do. And we'll um, yeah, and have a good rest of lockdown. Yeah, everyone, and um, stay safe. Yeah, yeah. Take, Take care, care, guys. Thank you. TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24 7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there, offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.